man who put Clanfer PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, a very good day. Welcome to the podcast from Spain, where it is roasting hot. I think it's about 40 at the moment. It's uh, certainly been very, very hot during the night. Um, We've got these blooming cockroaches around as well. There was one outside the back door, um, and they look like cyber monsters. So, you know, the first thing you've got to do is spray them and get rid of them. Oh, dear. Anyway, I thought, you, I thought you were a fan of the Beatles. <laughs> Let me just uh, quickly listen. I'm, I'm not even on the plane yet, Don. Let me just get in the plane. Um, we'll travel across Spain. We'll come across all that deep water. Come in via John Lennon Airport and fly into uh, Liverpool, of course. Uh, we will probably need a taxi or a, a car from there. Across to Wirral. Notice I'm saying no, no, not the Wirral. Just in case. Anyway, Don, a warm day for us. Um, is it uh, likewise for yourselves? Vince, we're preparing for it. We're, pre- we're, we're battening down the hatches. The heat wave is on its way. The media are really going for it to frighten the life out of everybody. Temperatures are going to soar. It's going to be record temperatures. It's going to be terrible. Oh, this we're talking about two days here. In the next two days, it's going to be record temperatures. It's going to be, wait for it, 40 degrees, which is what you've had for weeks. Mm. And uh, temperatures are going to soar. What you've got to do is close windows and put on sun cream. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't know that. And uh, families, this is this is the other. Families are worried about their children getting burned because they can't afford sun cream because of the cost of food. Oh right. Now, unless and one of the new this made me laugh. Less than two thousand homes are without water. Now, re, think of those words. Less than two thousand homes. So we got the two thousand in are without water. Right, what it was, there's 200 homes in East Kent can't, don't get any water because the pump from the um, reservoir has broken. That, that's the, that, but that was the headline. 2,000 homes are without water. I mean, what, what is going on? They scream, oh, it's going to be terrible. I watched the news this morning and uh, they put it on the quarter past seven, 45 minutes, both sides, ITV and BBC going on about how hot it's going to be and how it's never been like this before. The hospitals are going to be full. I played golf Friday morning and it was cold, right? Mm -hmm. I had a jacket on. Uh, Then it was still cold. The wind was cold. So I put a waterproof over because it looked like it was going to rain, which it did. So I play golf. You know, I come back, put the television on news. It's going to be, temperatures are going to soar. It's You know, for goodness, talk about scaremongering. I don't know how you've managed over there, mate. Your heroes 
How, how long have you had it? About four or five weeks, haven't you? Yes. This 40 degree business. Absolutely. In fact, the more that I look uh, at what basically is going on, I think that uh, the whole idea of the media is to terrify you. I just think that that's what it's all about. Yes, yeah. Scaremongering. I mean, Terry Wogan, when he was, he used to be on in the morning and he used to have a, an article called Today's Scare. And he, he'd, he'd talk about what the, the, the scare of the day, which is funny, you know. And he's absolutely right. You've got to find things to frighten you. You know, that, that oh, it's a, see, the Ukraine war, that isn't mentioned at the moment because they can't scare us with that because it's a long way away. But they can scare us with this, you know, and, and they're giving us information. Keep cool. Don't go out. You know, put sun cream on if you do. You know, bloody obvious, isn't it? So that talk about the nanny state. Dearie me, I feel like ringing in and telling them where to go in two words. If you, do, if you do do that, I'm going to give you a tip how to do it. I'll give you a quote from Winston Churchill. Tact. <laughs> Tact is the ability to tell someone to go to hell in such a way that they look forward to the trip. <laughs> well, I was told by what, what, um, a group member when I used to play, nobody ever tells people where to go better than me. Nobody does it better because by the time they've walked away, they realise when they get about 10 paces away <laughs> what I've said to them, you know, and I'll say it in the correct words as well. They only, you only need two words to, to uh, tell people and that's it. And we made it. No one does it better than you. It's, it's, it's very good, you know, because you make it sound you know, as, as if you care. <laughs> I've got um I've got something that went through email, uh, um Facebook yesterday, so I thought, well, I'll tell Don about this. Y- y- UK hot summers, nineteen eleven thirty six point seven, nineteen twenty three thirty four point four, nineteen thirty two thirty five point six, thirty three thirty four point four, nineteen seventy six, which I'm sure both of us remember, scorching thirty five point six, nineteen ninety thirty seven point one. 1995, 35.2, 2003, 38.3, 2006, 35.7, and 2016, 34.4. That apparently is your uh, record hot weather. Um, Yeah, I think we're in in a cycle of it going hotter. We've got the most dreadful uh, fires, wildfires around parts of Spain, Portugal, France, Czechoslovakia, um, it's dreadful. Um, but yeah, but it's summer, isn't it? I mean, people say, "Oh, you can say it's summer," and then we get the climate change brigade on. I mean, it's summer. You know, we've we've had fires last year, didn't we? We had forest fires and everything. You know, that's it. I don't know. It's as if we know it's coming, but this they throw so much more in. They're gonna soar. You see here. We've had, we haven't had a summer. You know, we had a bit of warm weather in May, a little bit, and then it's, it's been, the weather's been rubbish. You know, it's been raining and cold and cool. And, and, and we've got, we're getting two days. It, next two days, it's going to soar. And then Wednesday, it'll be all right again. So, you know, what, what is it? There's nothing to report, you see. This scraping for news. We'll scrape what, what's going on that we can frighten the life out of everybody. I know. They can't get sun cream because of the price of food. What a load of tripe. It's a wonder the oil 
the oil hasn't come into it. Oh, the temperature's gone up because there's no oil. That'll be next. Oh, I'll tell you what, mate. I think the media is run by a load of 16-year-olds having a laugh. That's what I think. Well, it's the, pathetic. Apparently, all the media can be traced back to one company. And apparently, in, in the whole of the world, all everything can, can be traced back to two companies. Uh, Vanguard is one. I can't remember the name of the other one. But, uh, I mean, basically, uh, yes, there are people who thrive on making everybody worry, on making us all feel that the end of the world is nigh. And uh, quite honestly, uh, I wish we could find out who really was behind it and uh, sort them out. Because quite frankly, you know, it's obvious that somebody's doing it. Yeah, well, it, it only affects people who are who are dim, you know. And I mean that in a nice sort of way, uneducated, if you like, because it's not rocket science, you know. Don't go out in the heat in the middle. Of, you know, we know we've been told we've been told that since we were born, you know. And and then the other one, which is which has gone by the way, the uh, the Boris Boris has, has vanished off the scene, <laughs> that lot and. Where they were all around the table, all nodding, you know, everything Boris said, oh, yeah, the knives came out and he was gone. Now they're all against each other now, where they were great friends. Honest, I, I've, I've written off politics. I'm not interested. I don't know anything about it. I don't want to know. It's pathetic. The whole thing, the news needs taking off. It needs taking back to half an hour at a fella sitting at a desk and telling us the news. I read it at the side. Uh, on the red button. That's, I don't watch the news now. And that's it. And oh, I think a lot of people will do that. I, I love the way they go on loca locations. So, you know, yeah. the weather <laughs> forecast has to be standing in a field of bluebells or, yes. you know, just by a stream. <laughs> or I mean, they can't just read off a, an auto queue or sit at the desk. Oh, no. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and the BBC is just pathetic because the more that you look at, they've got to make cuts. Uh, yeah, of course they can make cuts. Anybody like you and I could go in there. Uh, you, you take half of Gary Lineker and uh, certain other presenters, put all that uh, money to one side, maybe give it to all the local radio stations and just get on with making good programmes rather than feeding us rubbish because that's where well, it is, that isn't it? They've just spent six million on a new studio. They're trying to save money. A new studio, which they didn't need, you know, for the news. I mean, it, it is a joke. The whole thing's a joke. And, and as you say, Gary Lineker, uh, uh, oh, I, I don't know. It, 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 you can't describe it. You think, for goodness sake, you watch it in the morning and it's pathetic and they're all big, you know, oh, it's big deal. And, and this morning they had a fellow like you say, standing outside to just about to do the weather. He's standing by this lake, you know, and he, and he said, oh, this, the temperature's going to soar. At the moment, it, it, it's all right, you know, because it was quite cool. You know? It wasn't yeah. soaring. But this afternoon, it's going to sound thinking, for Christ, uh, you know. Anyway, that, that, well, that's my opinion I, I was on watching, it. Just, just, I, just, just to show the expertise of these guys, um, <laughs> you know, I was watching the Open yesterday. So yeah. uh, they had a picture of somebody about to take a putt. So, you know, this crucial putt is going to be taken. And right in front of the blessed camera was the guy. Um, it, it was probably his caddy. 
but he's standing right in front of the fellow with the cameras. <laughs> so you all you see is this caddy with the uh, golf club across his shoulders. You could not see the putt. So the crucial putt couldn't have been that crucial, could it really? It was <laughs> probably the last thing from crucial that was really going. But I know well, it's... They don't there's think. other stuff, other stuff on that as well, where the, the there's a fella in a bunker, and then they're showing the shot from the air. You see these little bodies down. <laughs> you couldn't actually see the shot. I know, I know. It's it's. Oh, mind you, did did you watch the opening? It was good. Oh, wasn't it? it was phenomenal. I, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I um, you know, I, I just loved the whole thing because basically, uh, you would have thought Rory McIlroy should have won that yesterday. Um, I switched away because there were other things going on. And um, no, by the time I got back, it was an Aus- Australian winning the Open. And uh, yeah. R- Rory was third, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, it's all about, golf is all about putting. As they used to say, drive for show, put for dough. Yeah. It's all about the putting. And, and when you look at Rory, he was... About half an inch short of the hole, oh. and that actually cost him, cost him the championship. Oh. You know that's the thing with golf. If you're putting on, which that lad was, the Australian lad, you know that that's the difference. And uh, yeah, it was good to watch. It's good, but they didn't have much of it on. It was highlights uh, initially of the golf, you know. So he didn't. There wasn't a lot of it, you know. Well, I was switching between that and, of course, there was some ladies' football going, uh, which uh, again, uh, just we'll talk a little bit later about that. But I mean, yeah. just great. Okay, well, let's go to um, vaping in schools. What's this all about? Oh, this is even more for the news to grab hold of. Vaping is becoming a problem, right? Because you know, it's news fillers, these youngsters are vaping in school. Vaping, as you know, is you don't smoke. You have one of these strange things that you smoke, yeah. which apparently still has nicotine in it. But, you know, smoking starts in schools. It always has. Everyone, virtually everyone in the sixth form in our school used to smoke. You know, I, I smoked once. And when I, I used to swim in the swimming club here, and I had a cigarette and someone said, oh, you got to inhale it. So we inhaled it, felt dizzy. Then I was swimming that night and I couldn't, I couldn't really swim half a length. I was out of breath. That was the end of my smoking. I only smoked one cigarette because it does affect you. But these vaping now, this is the latest thing, you know, and... They had a trading standards officer on discussing all this. Oh, it's terrible. I don't know what it's got to do with. Maybe things have changed since I was in the trading standards, which it was nearly 25, six years ago. But I don't know what it's got to do with them because it's it's the shops. I mean, it's always been under 16. You can't sell cigarettes to kids under 16, which makes you think back. My mum used to send me for 10 woodbines to the shop and I used to get them. So I don't know. I don't know where that was. What? Who was carrying out that law? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the day the smoking started in schools, as I say. But I don't know where the trading stands because it's not really trading. You know, if, if the shops are selling to underage kids, then it's it's the police, I would have thought. You know, it was, uh, maybe it's the math. Times might have changed, obviously. But the trading standards bowl because it involved, he was trying to make a big deal of this. It's not going to solve any... It's, it won't solve any problem. 
not selling to youngsters. They'll get it from someone else. What they need showing is the results of kids who, who, who have suffered from it, suffered from smoking, and older blokes who have suffered from smoking. They should show them pictures of blokes in hospital dying. That's what that that's what will get in their heads. It's no good saying, you know, oh, you can't smoke. Because in school, loads of kids smoked when I was in school, especially in the sixth form. You know, loads of them did. And they'd go outside on the way out of school, get outside, and as they're walking down the road, they'd light up. You know, and, and that was it. Well, I don't know if it was the same in your day, was well, it? I don't know. Well, you know, I, I was exactly the same as you because um, I, I was lucky that when I was about uh, 10, I think it was, my sister offered me a rolled-up uh, Liverpool Echo with some uh, tobacco or it was probably weed or something off the front lawn, um, you know, uh, I, which I had. And then I was violently sick. I never touched another one till I was 16. I was with a group of lads and we went to the Soldo in Bebbington. And somebody dared me to inhale a cigar, uh, which I did once. And that was it. And I've never touched either cigarettes or cigars ever since. I was very lucky. And, you know, th thank me late sister for that. All, all, always, you know. See, I don't understand... Because I, I I smoked that cigarette, inhaled it, it was horrible. But you must it must get into you eventually. It must be become a habit, which it obviously does, which I don't understand. But but uh, this, this vaping, apparently it does. It's the same. They're saying, oh no, it's a lot safer than smoking. Well, you know, what is it with? I don't know. That's stupid. But when you're young, you are stupid, aren't you? You're trying to impress the girls with a ciggy, you know, and. Uh, and that's it. But I, I, that that was my experience. I smoked one cigarette, went to the baths just to do a, a swimming race, and I couldn't swim. I was halfway. I was knackered after halfway. Well, we used to um, we used to walk from Manor Hill where the uh, Anselm and Saint Anselm's was, and we used to have to walk up through Bidston, not far from where you are, uh, and across the Mopperley Pass to go down yeah. to our games field. And from yeah. the top, you could see little puffs of smoke, you know, at various yeah. bushes, uh, where obviously the, uh, the 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 16 year olds with the beards would be uh, sort of, you know, just putting their school blazers to one side and having to drag on a fag, uh, yeah. you know, on the way to the games field. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> I was into cross country running, and um, I my mum and my dad didn't smoke, so I was very lucky, really, Don. Yeah, my mum and dad did smoke, both of them. Yeah. And, you know, and all my relatives smoked, you know, but I never did it. It's Luckily, I didn't, you know, but but as I say, mum used to send me out, go and, go and get us 10 woodbines from the corner shop, and I'd go down there and I'd, I'd get them. You know, they didn't ask any questions. And I, I'd be about six, <laughs> you know, so that was it. Oh no, but oh, but I can't understand what the trading standards have got to do with it. He was there, this fellow, making a big deal of, of discussing this vaping, you know, uh, obviously trying to get himself a, a promotion. And uh, well, I thought, well, what, what's uh, it got to do with you? Okay. Uh, as Terry says, who we do the Thursday podcast with, you know, um, follow the money. It's virtually everything is follow the money. So the tobacco companies have probably got some sort of a lobby going somewhere to try and make sure the vapes are sold, you know. Yeah. I mean, all you got to do is, is say you can't sell 
just just cancel all the the imports of, of tobacco. But you couldn't do that, you see, but as you say, because it's money. People are made. That's where all the money's made. But I can't understand people, young people now smoking because they must know. But you see, when you're young, you don't think it's going to affect you, do you? When you're older, I think the big you know, thing is if you look at the TV. I mean, virtually everything that you watch on TV, you've either got alcohol or some form of smoking or drugs or something. I mean, the, 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 as you say, the TV is a menace. Just starting with the news, going through everything else that you watch. I mean, there's virtually... I don't know whether or not um, uh, you've sort of got these things now because of the, the ages of the, um, the young ones, but... Um, we've got our grandson staying with us at the moment, and he came back and he said to uh, Anne, he said, uh, "Oh, I was watching this cartoon. I, w- I know Granddad wouldn't like it." And it was that he was watching the one where uh, apparently they've got a lesbian kiss by cartoon oh, characters. And oh. I, I always remember um, Leapy <laughs> Lee used to always tell me about the dangers which these cartoons actually offer. You know, the fact that Tom is always running after Jerry and battering him and all this sort of thing uh, makes yeah, children want yeah. to do the same. Well, I mean, let's be honest about it, you see. What I think these evil minds are doing now, they're tapping into anything that can get into the minds of silly people, uninformed people, kids, people who basically they can con. And unfortunately, uh, the whole thing is now in the hands of um, people that own the media. Yeah, I think also, I think families, parents are a lot younger, perhaps, than they were in our day. You, you know, you see you see them walking around the supermarket, they're in their teens, and there's a girl pushing the pram with a, a lad that doesn't want to be there, and a baby. You know, you think, like, well, what do they know? They know nothing. Well, well that kid's going to know nothing. You know, my dad was wise. Mind you, he'd been in the war. He'd been in D-Day. He'd been in the, the Normandy landings. You know, and my mum was was quite clever. She And she worked in the shop. You know, they, they, could, they could educate. Oh, not so much educate you. You could use them as an example. Yeah. You know, but, but now, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I well, no, I think it's you're not wrong. When, it's difficult when you're our age looking back at it all, you know, because... A fella on a motorbike went tear ass and pass yesterday when I was with my mate. Racket, the racket, and he said, oh, God, and I said, well, I can't complain because I did the same when I was his age. I'd have gone down the road at 60 mile an hour, you know, like an idiot, you know, so you can't really, you know, he'll learn and grow out of it, you know. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Well, well, I was going to tell you that uh, I was covering, uh, covering a news item which uh, I found alarming, actually, and it was talking about sex education for children, um, and they were, they were talking about as young as four and five, and they were talking about this company that apparently this particular school employ on £500 a day to go in and give sex education, and uh, they were talking about, this is to four and five-year-olds, talking oh. about things like masturbation, uh, anal, yeah. anal sex and all this sort of stuff and uh, I mean to be honest with you it's brainwashing and it's deviant and it's totally and utterly not right and the sooner that people get a grip of this in education the better I mean it's just abominable what's going on don't forget contrast that with the fact that they're not getting any religious education or any probably uh, moral guidance anyway yeah, I don't get the education system. I've said my lad was a teacher, 
<clears throat> he teaches online now, and his wife's a teacher. And I've always said, with a school, surely, well, you'll know, when you, when you send a kid to a school, they should have a contract which lays out exactly what the kid's got to do and what he doesn't do. And if he does that, he's expelled. And you sign the contract. So if the kid misbehaves, then he just points at the contract. This is what you've signed. Your kid's out. But they can't do that. So he can't do that now. I say, well, I don't know why. Because there's contracts and everything else. You know, you, you go to... Um, you go to like me. I I bought drew money out of a out of a cash machine. This is true. This is recently. <clears throat> I've never used a cash machine, so I don't use cash. I've used my card anyway. I needed cash, so I, I drew twenty quid out of this machine. Next thing, the Halifax uh, notify me. You know, withdrawal twenty pound. Uh, withdrawal expense three pound. Cost me three pounds to draw twenty pound out. So I rang them up playing hell. I said, Well, you know, what's the three pound? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because you've used the credit card. Um, yeah, and you have signed that you agree to this. You see, so I must have signed that at some stage. So, you know, needless to say, uh, I did finish off the sentence telling the fellow what I thought of the Halifax, and that was the end of that. But you see, that's what they should do in school. Parents should read the contract. If they don't read it, then, you know, so when, when, I was, when I was in trading standards, another example, people used to go on holiday and they'd come back complaining the hotel wasn't built, like this, that, and the other, because, you know, because that's how we dealt with bloody complaints all the time. So, you know, in the end, you hate everybody, <laughs> the public and everybody after years of it. But they used to come in and say, you know, the hotel wasn't built. So the first thing you do is you look at the conditions that they've signed. And you say, well, there it is. If the hotel isn't built, uh, you, they can put you in another hotel. And you've signed that. Well, you only don't read it, do you? And I say, no. well, you've signed it. You know, that's it. That's the end of that. You see, that's the thing. And that's what they should do in school. Whether the parents read it or not is immaterial. Well, they do. If a kid misbehaves, expel him. And, and that's it, you know, because he, he's, he's broken the rules of that contract. But you can't do that, apparently. I don't know why. They, they actually do. do have contracts, I think, in probably every school. But the the biggest thing, well, there's two things, really. One uh, is that in the case of school contracts, they never enforce them. So the, the, there's your first problem. And the yeah. second thing is, like, especially with online contracts, they make the writing so small and they make so much of it that, yeah. you know, it's it, you really couldn't not really understand most of the contract that you're signing anyway. Absolutely right, mate. You're absolutely right. And that's why they do it. You're right. Because you think like, oh, well, does it mal sign it anyway? Because you can't be you can't read it. It, it goes on and on and on. And if you read it, you don't understand it. But, you know, like, you're right. So, but schools, I see my lad said, oh, well, you can't do that now. And I said, well, why? It's a contract. That, that, you know, then the kid, the parents would make sure the kids behave themselves. You know, not in my day, if the teacher told you off and, and your parents found out, you get another smack around the head, you know, after after the teacher would give you one. You know, but uh, you can't do that now. No, that's the, you, that's the if difference. If the, kid, the parent, parent comes in 
I'm playing out with the teacher for telling the kid that, you know, which is wrong. Well, I think that's the difference because basically, absolutely the way you said it is right. When I was at school, exactly like you, whatever I did, if I went back home and had a moan, uh, then my dad would probably uh, enforce what the school said. And if the school, um, maybe my dad said something and I complained at the school, they'd give me a kick up the backside. Uh, In actual fact, I remember getting a kick up the backside from one teacher. And, um, you you know, my dad was quite happy that this this had happened. The trouble is, you see, there's no discipline now. And discipline and respect, two words that go together, You've got no discipline, so therefore you get next to no respect. And that's why uh, a lot of the things that are happening in society are are just breaking down. You know, it's horrible. Yeah. Okay. It might might change with the next generation. You never know. Well, let's go go next to uh, somebody who we've both uh, come to admire and love as a person who has done Britain proud. And it's a revelation, isn't it? Yeah. This was this was amazing. And Mo Farah, uh, the Olympic champion, he's he's come out saying how he got into the country and, and, and the truth behind him. And it, it was a, a it, it was child trafficking. He, he was he was subjected to, and it, it was fantastic. He, he, it's not even his name, Mo Farah, but when you think of what he's been through as a kid. Uh, and somebody spotted he was good at sport. It you, you know it just shows you what you can do. It proves what you can actually do with, with determination. He had nothing, Mo Farah, when he came in, and, and that's not even his name. He, he did say his name, and he 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 never knew. He was separated from his mother, from his parents, and as he was saying it on on the television. I felt like saying, going round there and giving him a big hug. Yeah. You know, you, you just feel like giving him a hug because mm. he's so nice and 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 simple, isn't he? And and how great was he? You know, was the best, two gold medals. He was the best. And I thought it was it was fantastic. But child trafficking, what he went through, was horrific. And he was. He had no friends. He was separated from his family. And he couldn't think of anything worse. And people moan about nothing. And he came through. And I thought it was great. And I'm glad he did it. You know, and he said he'd love to know who. They gave him another passport to get in with this with Mo Farah's name on. And that's what he became known as. And he said he's often wondered who the real Mo Farah was. Or is he might still be going? You know, it was it was great, and and that's that's the sort of stuff which is fascinating. Which you know that that's that's good television. I thought. Well, I got you know, for um, the I got thinking about this because, uh, <laughs> like yourself, you know, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's uh, apart from the fact that he's a wonderful ac- athlete, he is a very very likable person. And oh, yeah. what got me was, um, we were discussing this. Why? has he decided to tell things now? And we've come to the conclusion that probably some journalist was just about to leak it and try and discredit him. Um, And he's thought, right, I'll get in first, or maybe he was advised, get in first, tell your story, let people know what's happened. I mean, I think that most people will only 
growing admiration of the man because, um, yeah. you know, as you out, outlined completely right, uh, he's had a very torrid time, but he's he's just a wonderful, wonderful athlete and a credit to, to anybody who tells you they come from England or Wales, you know, or the United Kingdom. Just amazing. He's an example, really, to, to, to youngsters, isn't he? When you think of, of that, like you say, you're probably right. Some gutter press was probably trying to bring him down, you know, because you, you, you only news if you're on your way down, you know, or on your way up. Bruce Forsyth, perfect example. You know, he's only news when he's on his way up. When he's there, they bring him down because he's news. But Mo Farah, I think, I thought... He came over great, you know, and I felt really sorry for him, you know. I yeah. thought, that guy needs a big hug. And, and uh, I, if I ever meet him, which I never will, I doubt, but I'm going to tell him uh, he's fantastic, fantastic fella. Well, and, uh, but that was a very interesting story, really, you know. And the police are taking no action, obviously, against him. Because he, he, but they're trying to find out who was the who was the traffickers, and I hope they do. Yeah. You know. But mind you, I suppose the traffickers are, are probably well and truly gone by now. But um, yeah. Yeah. actually, this does link quite well with the BBC and the blanket coverage of the sport because um, concurrent with the golf and the ladies' football, um, I was watching the athletics as well. I don't know if you have been watching the World Championships. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what's your take on the sport then? Well, I did a lot of sport in school. I did. I was athletics. I was captain of the athletics. Not that I'm bragging, but I was just good at sport. No, you are bragging. You are bragging. Sorry, I am bragging. Okay, I'll brag. I was captain (laughs) of the cricket team. All right, I bet you went. Anyway, I played cricket, uh, rugby. We didn't play football in our school, and I was athletics and swimming. You know, I, I did, and and when I left school, I carried on and played golf. I've always always been sporty, so I like watching sports. I loved the tennis. I, I watched every all day. I could watch tennis all day. It's great, but this ladies' blanket football coverage. Not too sure. Do I want to watch Finland v Germany? You know, I, 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 all night. It, it, it's it's on most of the night, the whole match. I mean, I don't mind watching England. I'm not fussy on ladies' football, to be honest, as you know. But uh, England, you, you've got an interest. And then they win 8-0, you know, which is a, a bit, you know, take, makes a bit of a, a mockery of it and, all. Anyway, and 5-0. And, eh? and then 5-0. And then 5-0, yeah. I mean, ladies' football... But okay, if England are playing, I'd, I'll watch it. But you're watching Finland versus Germany and Denmark versus Sweden. You know, uh, are people interested? Are that many interested? Well, I don't know. Look at the, the stadium. Look at the stadium. I mean, the thing is, um, I do like the ladies' football. I think they're fantastic. I think that the ba- the, the basic thing for me is they play the game in a much better spirit. I think that you look at the crowd, you can see that the crowd is full of young people, obviously many, many females now interested. I love it. I've got to say, I think the skill level is fantastic. I'll also add in the fact that I know, for me, what they're trying to do. The authorities are trying to change 
the perception of football. They're trying to control people. They're trying to make sure we're all glued to our TV sets day and night uh, watching sport uh, so that we're not outside seeing what really is happening in the society. I think that if you look at the football as if we go back to the men's football and the season that we've had, you've got nothing but players who are trying to cheat trying to get each other into trouble. Um, You've got a snide sort of stuff going on. You've got vicious stuff going on. The crowd is not like the crowd that you see watching the ladies' football. And I think it's something the authorities are trying to do. I think they're trying to change the perception of how football can be enjoyed. It's watchable. I'll get, you know, but but I'm not sure whether people in this country want to watch... Finland versus Germany at night, a ladies football game. It's on all night. It's not in the day and it's on the the main channel. You know, do do people want to watch that? I don't know. I don't particularly. I wouldn't. I watch England. But what what annoys me with with it, now now the girls are involved, is the commentator, the commentary. She's coming down the wing. She's coming down the wing. It's got to get over into the box. Got it over into the box. We need a new midfield. You know, she's coming out with all the instead of just relaxing. You know, got to get in the box. She had a nasty kick in the box. By cost I bet that hurt. Anyway, the you know, it's it's like the box. The she's standing in the box. It's coming on. Well, you know what I mean, don't you? Because that's what they're like. And they need they need to get women trained commentators makes it a bit better they get too excited about it all you know i think anyway, um, i think that's only my opinion mate don't don't get at me it's no, only no, my there, opinion. there are one or two that i think are doing a fine job i mean i sit and watch the pundits as they're called with the men oh, yeah. and yeah. i often think uh, how unintelligent and how repetitive and boring the comments can be um, yeah. yeah, the girls are going to improve. Of course they are. They're going to take time. But there's one or two um, are, are pretty... I mean, uh, Gabby Yorath as was. Um, I mean, she's always been good. Uh, they've got right. this girl from Arsenal who not only looks lovely, um, I mean, the, the panellists actually do make a, an effort to present themselves looking well as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, come on, Don. I think um, in terms of uh, are, are people interested, it's a European Championship. And so, yes, I think, I mean, like, like last night, I was watching a bit of Switzerland playing uh, Netherlands. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I think... You could put it on highlights, couldn't you? We could have the highlights, like Match of the Day on a Saturday. You don't need to watch the whole game, you know, all night. It's all out of it's England, you know, here. But, you know, Finland v Denmark, you know, I couldn't care less. You you sound tremendously English, tremendously old English, Don. I mean, embrace what you've got in front of you. (laughs) Twenty. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind embracing that middle girl of the 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 pundit, the blonde one. She was rather nice. They are lovely. uh, See, Gabby Yorath. Her dad was a footballer, and she was a um, uh, 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 a gymnast. A gymnast. You see, so she knows what she's talking about. Gabby, you know, I love her. She's lovely. But others, you know, they, they've sort of been brought in and, oh, yeah, we, you know, we could do the new back four. You see, they, they say the obvious things, don't they? But as I say, fine. And the athletics, again, 
um, better watching the highlights, watching somebody tuning up and walking around and and uh, and introducing everybody. In the, you see, to me, it gets a bit boring. The athletics, the race, they, they have about ten minutes on the build up, and and the race lasts what ten seconds. You know that, that that's that's the problem with athletics. I've always found, you know, but again. When we do well, it's great. You know, we never seem to do that well in athletics. Um, well, go go back, the, go back to the, the to the go back to the London Olympics, and I thought um, Britain was uh, supreme. Uh, if yeah. you looked at the the men's uh, hundred meters yesterday, where the Americans took a a clean sweep. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. It's the big build-up, but then again, that's life. That's what we do in virtually everything. The only thing is now, now we're older. We see through, dare I say the word, yes, the bullshit. We do see through the uh, marketing. We do see through the politics. We we see through a lot more than when we were younger because we are now a little bit more advanced in age. Um, we love the golf. Uh, you love the tennis. I love the tennis as well. I mean, the thing is, um, y- you do become very sort of subjective about what you view. It's only natural. And uh, I have to say that uh, for the uh, for the people who support Finland and Germany and these other countries, um, yeah, OK, it's part of the tournament. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure in, in Finland they, they love it. But, you know, to me, to have a whole match all night peak viewing and a, a ladies football match between Sweden and, and Denmark or whoever, you know, highlights would have been better. You know, the highlights were like match of the day, match of the day on a Saturday night half past 10. It's great. I watch it every, every week through the, I go to bed, put it on and it helps me go to sleep because a lot of it's pretty boring anyway. But, uh, you know, football is, is something I played but I was in goal, so you can't really. Uh, I wasn't a, a footballer as such. You actually played out, but I played most sports. And and with with sport on the television, like the tennis, you've got to play tennis to know how good these people are. That's the thing with it. And and, and athletics, you know, people say, well, I could run round a track, you know, but you couldn't run round the track at the speed they go, you know, to to do a form. A 10-second 100 metres, you can't believe how fast they're going, these people, you know, it's, it's very, very fast. And, and to run a four-minute mile, you know, you, you're averaging, what, 15 miles an hour. You know, it, it, it's it's superhuman, you know, really. But uh, that's the thing with it. But I do like I do like the sport. But I think, you know, they should perhaps have a separate channel. Then they, I could, I'd watch that all day. Yeah. Well, channel. I mean, you know, the, put it on at night, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't get the feeling that, that we were being manipulated when we were watching sport. I suppose really it's the constant 24 hour news and sport and coverage yeah. now that really, you know, you, you do have to keep an eye on. I don't know whether you, you see what I see, but you see, I do think that it is a form of control. Everybody, in a general sense, uh, there's a likelihood of at least somebody in the family watching the ladies' football. And um, if they're not watching that, they'll be watching the golf, which is on another channel, or they'll be watching the athletics, which is on another channel. Um, You know, otherwise you've got... um, I mean, you've 
just got so many channels. I remember when we got the latest box that we're being used, uh, we're using now. I remember the late Paul Melba telling me he'd got this uh, thing and he's got 24,000 movies on this oh, yeah. deck. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me this. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I did say to him, I said, well, how many of those do you think you're going to see, Paul? And he didn't really understand that, you know. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't being sarcastic. I was just looking at the, the amount of hours in our lives and the amount of time that you need to be able to spend watching everything that's on your stick. N not only that, I mean, how much of it is trash anyway? Well, it's like it's like uh, th these billionaires with two or three yachts. You can only sail one yacht. You know, you can only drive one car. You know, there's no, you know, you've got a, six Rolls Royces or the, you know, you can only drive one, can't you? It's, it's the same, isn't it, like you say. Yeah, so there you go. Going back a minute to uh, what we were talking about at the, uh, at, the, at the beginning of the podcast, and um, we were looking at this heat wave, and the headline in your papers at the moment, I'm reading one, the Great British Meltdown Causes yeah. Travel Chaos Already. UK braces for the hottest day in its history, with temperatures set to hit 41 degrees Celsius as trains grind to a halt, while JEP surgeries and schools close, and health officials warn healthy people will die. I have a feeling healthy people die all the time, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It, it, I went to Jersey uh, in 19, ooh, it'll be about 1963, my first holiday abroad, abroad, if you like, and it was 96 in the shade. I remember that, uh, an old money. And, but you see, they've got to throw that in. Lives could be lost. You know, people die anyway, as you say. You know, you, you just you don't have to go out and sit in the heat and, and get let your skin peel. You know, do you? It, it's not it's not rocket science. Well, there's, keep out there's, in the middle of the day. There, what there, go in the shade? You know, there's no problem in the shade. But uh, oh no, oh, we can't do that. You got to keep out the sun. Well, it's pathetic. again, great linking into what we've been talking about. Uh, British tourist is found dead on his sunbed in Crete. Holidaymakers thought he was sunbathing for hours until finally checking him. I mean, how yeah. sad are these things? And then another headline that's interesting for you. I'm the real Mo Farah. Somalian student, 39, living in Turkey, reveals he... Uh, and this is, I, I'm actually reading this. So this is printed. Reveals he, it was, his identity used to illegally traffic the team GB Hero into UK. Says he would love to meet his namesake in person. The That's written by a machine, I think. I don't think anyone... Yeah. You, you couldn't be that illiterate if you're a journalist, I don't think. No, no. I think also it'll be, I'm the real Mo Farah. How much money am I going to get when I go to the papers? Perhaps. I don't know. You know, you're going to have people, aren't you, capitalising on this. I don't know. But uh, I, I thought Mo Farah w was great. He, he really was. Very moving, actually. Oh, He's, amazing. He, I mean, he was, he was an amazing athlete anyway. L listen, yeah. l let me just tell you, see, we're just getting terrorised everywhere we look. There's a, a video, breaking news. Four people are shot and wounded in Marbella nightclub, packed with Brits. 
before gunman is stabbed. Terrifying footage shows Stampede to escape as gunshots ring out. I mean, is there anything uh, more likely to attract you to go to um, a disco in Spain than that? Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's everything scaremongering all the time. Well, it's not news unless it is, is it? You know, they can't sort of say everybody went out to a nightclub and had a good time. That isn't news, you know, which is 99.999% of the time. Now and again, you'll get a fight breaks out, you know, and, and that's the news. Let, let's get that on. You Get over there quick. Let's report on this. You see, they're searching, searching for stuff that, that's, that's going to upset everybody. They're looking for scaremongering all the time. All the news here, there's nothing nice about it. They start off, if it's not about this heat now, it's, they go into a hospital and they're showing people in beds with mass, with oxygen masks on. And, you know, first thing in the morning, it's very sad, but for goodness sake, there's other news, you know, people are, oh, there's lots of people are going to be ill. You know, and the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed with this heat. It's two days, that's all we're looking at. The next two days, because on Wednesday it's going to go back to normal. But that, oh no, no, you gotta, you gotta be. Don't go out today. They were saying, don't go out. I'm going out on my bike today, and I'm going to cycle where I know it's shaded. That's it, and I'll come back in one piece. Hopefully, I'll still be alive. So when I get back, you know. Well, uh, well, as I say, you see, everything's online. Everything's so instant. Uh, further down, after being sort of absolutely terrified after looking at the Marbella story, there's a huge heat apocalypse in hits Europe. Monster fire ravages France, where record 44 Celsius temperatures are forecast today as firefighter is burned to death in Spain. I mean, there's another thing, you see. People don't realise these guys... Every year, they risk their lives to keep us yeah, safe. That's and, right. And you know what? I went down to the Benidorm uh, fire station. I was very, very privileged that I had a friend who showed me around. And they've got a team that's probably only about 14 or 15 people. And they have to cover all the stretch of the Costa Blanca that most British people will know. I mean, yeah. it's a massive area. I don't know how on earth they do it, and yet every year that the, the, they, they, this is what they do, you know. Well, you see, it's like the, the firemen and police, they're the knights of the realm. You know, not say Ringo or say Cliff. You know, they're the, I've always said this, haven't I? They're the knights of the realm. They, they should be knighted, the, the, these heroes. But, oh, yes, he's got an OBE because he went in a house and, and rescued 20 kids. You know, so he's got an OBE. He's a knight of the realm, and he? They should be knighted, these people. This recognised. I always think if the Vikings attack, we're quite safe because we got Sir Mick Jagger, a knight of the realm, and Sir Ringo. They'll protect us, won't they, the knights of the realm? I don't think. That's the trouble with it all. It's a joke, you know, and, and the firemen don't, I mean, the people appreciate them, but they don't really get the appreciation they deserve. And I said this to a bloke in the gym. He was an ex-soldier and, and an ex-Bobby. Uh, um, and, and I said, you're, you're, the, you're the heroes. He said, we're not. He said, we, we, they can't see it. He said, no. He said, hero, the hero is the guy that runs in a house who isn't trained. He said, we're trained to do what we do. And he wouldn't have it. I said, well, to me, you, you know, you're you knights of the realm. Yeah. So that was it. Let, me give, let, me, let me give you one other headline, just as we've got a second or two. Trans inmate 
27, who impregnated two women at a U.S. jail, is moved to vulnerable, it should be vulnerable, vulnerable men's prison amid complaints she was misgendered and beaten by corrections officers during her transfer. Uh, You know, this is madness. Don, it's madness. People have yeah. got they've got to wake up. This is madness, oh. and, and you know you can tell by the fact that that is actually again another. I've only read you two headlines uh, or three headlines, and two have got um, uh, spelling uh, errors. I, I I think this is artificial intelligence writing this. Yeah, it could be right. Yeah, could be right, mate. Yeah, uh, transgender. Don't don't get me going on that lot. You know, it's it's uh, it's nothing to do with me. I'm not interested in it, and it's nothing to do with me. And if that's the way they want to, if a bloke wants to wander around dressed in a dress and, and lipstick, it's up to him. You know. Okay, well, he... link link in with the story I gave you about covering the uh, sex education program. Parents slam UK tour that will see drag acts reading books to children aged 3 to 11. But organisers hit back and accuse far-right neo-Nazi group of block-booking 2,000 tickets. I mean, seriously, these people are out to destroy a society. They're out to destroy the children. And I think it's about time people call them out and stop it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I think the parents wouldn't let the kids go to something like that, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 and the people aren't, aren't as stupid as we think. You know, a lot of people are quite bright. You know, my lad and his son, he, he, he makes sure he goes down the right road. You know, my grandson, he's eight. You know, he, he's, he, he, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're, I'm past it, mate. Well gone. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean... Let's be honest about it. You know that's the problem. We're we're, we're older, so uh, where we see through the rubbish that's going on, yeah. it's because we've got we've got something to compare it with. Young people don't have; they've just got this blessed media that is trying to uh, disguise reality, and it's very very sad. Um, we'll go to music. I think let's see what we've got this week. Right, the. This record, the the music feature. This record, I I thought this was hilarious when it came out. Not because it's a good record, because it's terrible. It's a terrible record, but it just shows you, with a bit of thought and a bit of imagination, how you can connect with the general public who want a bit of light entertainment. This song actually kept. Vienna, that uh, what, what, who, who did that Vienna? What was his name? Oh, Vienna. Ultravox. You? Ultravox. Ultravox. Mid-year. This song, this song kept Ultravox off the top of the charts. Now, Ultravox, that, that song, Vienna, must have cost at least a million quid to make. This one must have cost about 30 bob. I would say, <laughs> if that, it's not even worth 30 bob. But it was number one, and I applaud it. It just shows you how, with a bit of thought and to connect with the crowd, you can connect with certain people. It's brilliantly done, 
And it's called Shut Up of Your Face by Joe Dolce. And not only is he an Australian, he, he puts himself forward as an Italian, which is even funnier, you know, and it's number one. And when you say to people, oh, you go, oh, it's rubbish. But you see, it's rubbish, but it was number one and it kept Vienna off the top of the charts, which is even funnier, you know. And, and I applaud any, anyone that can do this because I have been through things like that. I've written terrible stuff, you know, that uh, for wrestlers and stuff like that. And I've been told it's rubbish and, and it's actually paid off my mortgage. You see, this, this proves a point. Joe Dolce must have been told so many times how bad this record is and it's top of the charts. That's his answer. So there you go. So this week's record is that one. Okay, just before we get there, and I'm going to play it in a second or two, um, let me just quickly say that, um, you know, it's almost like you can feel because you're in the middle of summer, somebody's got to come up with an idea which is bonkers. You know, like we had the Cheeky Girls, something we did a couple of weeks back, uh, which was dreadful, dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, Shut Up Your Face, is not good. But you go on holiday at Avavino and you see life differently, don't you? Well, yeah. It's, it's the cost. The cost, it, it just shows you that you don't need to spend money. You know, that, that Joe Dolce, I could have made that record for the fiver. You know, we, we filmed him and, and put it on a DVD. <laughs> and it's it's great. See, I admire anything like that. And it, it just shows the record companies. It shows them up like we did the other week with the mixer desk. Great big 20-foot mixer desk. You don't need it. You know, it, it's all bullshit, as, as, as we say. So there you go. So Joe Dolce, I don't think he did this in Abbey Road. But uh, it's, I think to get to number one with this was, was great, you know. And there's lots of them like that that get, they get, they get hammered, you know. But that's it. That's what people want. Okay, you know. Don, here's the song. Shut up for your face. Answer my mama. Big accordion solo. 
sing. Watch the man. 